Welcome to Revival is Here Again with Apostle Goodhart. God is about to speak directly to you as this message is guaranteed to impact your life. As you listen today, expect that God's Word has been sent in your direction to bring about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me to receive God's Word through His choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart O. Equeme. Daniel 11.32 MPC, let's go together. And such as violate the covenant, he shall pervert and seduce with flatteries, but the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong and shall stand firm and do exploits for God. James 4 verse 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The Amplified Classic reads thus, Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Recognize that you are sinners. Get your soiled hands clean. Realize that you have been disloyal wavering individuals with divided interest and purify your hearts of your spiritual adultery. For an assignment this morning, a clarion call to intimacy part number three. Our Father and our God, it is truly to you that we are gathered again under this open heavens. We thank you for drawing us nigh from all walks of life. I beseech you yet again to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven. Anoint the lips and the tongues of clay of the seven son of yours that this morning I will come to these, your precious sheep, with a thus said the Lord. Move every man, boy, girl in this facility and the multitudes online and those who hear this in days, weeks, months, years to come. From where we are to the place called destiny. We vow to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Let somebody shout a big amen. amen. You may please be seated in God's wonderful presence. There is a clear and call from the heart of the Father God to the body of Christ, to the place of intimacy. We've begun to journey along these lines, emphasizing how God desires not just to be a God to you and to me, but desires to be a father to us. And God is a God of all because he is the creator of all that is created. But he's a father to some. As many as receive him as father, as Lord and Savior, he becomes father to them. By the Spirit, Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and says, Come out from amongst them, be thou separate, and God will be your father, and you will be his children. It's the desire of God to be our father. Jesus, in teaching what we call the disciples' prayer, 
really the prayer of the believer. It says when you pray, pray thus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That word Father in Greek means pater, source, the root, the beginning, the offspring. God wants us to know that he is our source. He is our beginning. He's our offspring. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise the Lord somebody. And on that, he desires for us to engage in the process of building intimacy with him. Praise the Lord somebody. And in our text in James 4 verse 8, there is a very clear invitation of God, not quite to the entire world per se, but this particular invitation is for believers to draw near to him. Why? Because for an unbeliever, they cannot draw near to God except God calls them or God steers in their heart. The Bible says that no man can come to the Father or can come to Jesus except the Father draws such a one to Jesus. So for the unbeliever, God will draw you to Christ. But for the one who is a believer, you've already been drawn to Christ. So therefore, there is an open-ended invitation. That means from the moment you become born again, really, really, there are no longer limits as to how far you can develop or build intimacy with your God. The rest is on you as it were. As the Lord spoke to Abraham in Genesis 13, 14, and 15, on a fateful day that Lot had been removed from him, said, you look northward, look southward, look eastward and westward, and said to Abraham, as far as your eyes can see, I give unto you. That was an open-ended invitation without limits or parameters. And likewise, God is saying to the saint, to the believer, that as far as we can see as pertaining our journey to build an intimacy with him, we can go. We've taken time to see a few patriarchs in the scriptures who took time to build intimacy with God. And one thing we see about intimacy is this. It is only those who build intimacy that will invariably enjoy strength and then ultimately will be used by God to perform exploits. Daniel 11:32. They that do know the Lord their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. And we see Jesus make a statement in Matthew 7. I believe inferring to the last of the last days and perhaps the coming of the Lord. And said in that day, many will say, Lord, Lord to me. But I will say to them, depart from me for I don't know you. And these people who say, Lord, Lord, they say, as a matter of fact, was it not in your name that we perform miracles, signs, and wonders? But here it is, they thought they knew Jesus. But Jesus said, I don't know you. So it's not enough to see things happen around our lives that seem to affirm and endorse that God is with us. More than that, God desires for us to build intimacy with him. Somebody shout a big amen. We saw a man in the Old Testament called Enoch of particular note. The Bible says in the AMPC that he walked with God in perpetual fellowship. And then as a result, God took him. He walked with God in perpetual fellowship and God took him. Praise God. 
Now, I want to read a scripture to you to just jar your thinking. Isaiah 45 verse 15, if you will please. I want us to go further this morning. It says, Verily, thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. Wow. Thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. Now, the question is, hey, wait a minute. You mean God is hiding himself? I want you to think about that. If God hides himself, then who in the world will discover him? Nobody. So the point here is, he is not hiding himself not to be discovered. He is, as a matter of fact, hiding himself for you to pursue to discover him. Hiya. I want this to simmer into your spirit. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs 25 verse 1, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the honor of kings to seek out or to discover the matter that is hidden. And by the way, we are kings after the order of the king of kings, and we are priests after his own priesthood of Melchizedek. So we are kings. And it says here, it is the glory of God to hide a matter, to conceal a matter. But it's the honor invested on believers, on kings, to set out a matter. Hello, somebody. So he's not hiding his things from you as his child. Track with me. Rather, he's hiding his treasures for you. Hello, somebody. Is that clear? I'll go again. He is not hiding his treasure, his secrets, his mysteries from us. Rather, he's hiding them for you and I to discover them. Praise God. Praise God. And upon every discovery, something happens on your inside. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Just like a father and a little baby will play the, the, the proverbial hide and seek in the house where the father hides himself and then the child has to look for the father, you know, and then when the father, uh, or when the child discovers his father, they, they hug themselves in ecstasy, excitement. Oh, son, you found me. And meanwhile, the father in hiding himself, maybe in the closet, will leave trails that will lead the child to the father. Hello, somebody. So the beauty is not not to be found. The beauty or the end of the game is, hey, Papa, I discovered where you're hiding. And then they embrace themselves. Hello, somebody? So God hides himself for you as his child to discover. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, the point is, God desires your attention. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, we, we saw the call of Moses in Exodus chapter number 3, let's pick up the story from 2 to 3. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Meanwhile, God hadn't said anything just yet. All right, but he just got the attention of Moses 
and he was waiting for an action from Moses before he spoke to Moses. Hear this. And Moses said, I will now turn aside. I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt. And then God began to speak to Moses. So the point is this, the burning bush was to get the attention of Moses. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. God did not speak until Moses gave him attention. Then God began to speak. Wow. So in the journey of life, beloved, mm, there are many things God allows to happen in your life and many things God does in your life, listen to me, to primarily get your attention. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Until he gets your attention, he will not speak. And perhaps there are times he tried to get your attention, but you ignored the burning bush. So you missed his voice. So we must be sensitive to know when it is God is getting my attention to come aside from the crowd, to go into my closet, to pursue him, to make inquiries. Hallelujah. When the Lord sent Elijah to the brook of Cherith to be fed by raven night and day, the time came that the brook of Cherith dried and he got, God got his attention. And then God gave him a word after he got his attention. You now live here where the brook is dry. Listen, don't just stay at the word of yesterday. There is a now word. The now word is live here and go to a widow of Zarephath. Listen carefully. Who I commanded to feed you. So he gets your attention speaks a word and the word you receive brings you to your next level blessing. What am I saying? God is trying to get your attention because God wants to speak to you. Shout a big amen. amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, we see verse 4, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. We look at the call of Samuel, the young priest, in 1 Samuel 3. 1 Samuel 3, let's look at that. 1 Samuel 3, 8 to 9. Tell anybody the Lord is getting your attention. He has something to say to you. Praise the Lord. You see, when God speaks to you, you will no longer need to live your life based on guesswork. Hiya. Based on probability. There's something assuring to a man when God has spoken. When God sends you to a place, you know that before you got there, he was waiting for you. And because you are in his will, as you've heard me say again and again, he is committed to pay the bill. Something about the assurance that God sent me here. My God. He sent you there. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. Third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, 
go lie down. And it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. So all those times that God was calling Samuel, Samuel, he was getting Samuel's attention. And the code was to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. Praise the Lord. I mean, God could have circumvented getting Samuel's attention to speak to Eli, to speak to Samuel. But it is Samuel that God wants to speak to and it's Samuel's attention that is needed. Hey, if God wants to speak to your pastor, he will speak to me. If God wants to speak to you, he will need to get your attention to speak to you. Can I put it to you that perhaps some of the situations and the circumstances that are happening in your life today that may seem my God, may appear to be negative, could be God's own way of trying to get your attention. He wants to speak a now word to move you to your next level. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. You busy give everybody else your attention, but the attention of the one who is calling you. Hear this now. And it says in verse number 10, it says, And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, speak for thy servant heareth. Now we see a case again in the life of the disciples. Jesus had gotten through feeding 5,000 people. Historians tell us there were more women in the crusade and their children perhaps numbering 20,000 human beings, 5,000 men, not counting their wives and their children. He fed them. And he went onto the mountain to commune with his heavenly father. And he told the disciples to go ahead. And they got into the boat to go to the other side. We pick up the story in Mark 6, 48. And he saw them toiling in ruin. There was a crisis, a storm came. For the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch, of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. Oh boy, hear this. Walking upon the sea, and he would have passed by them. In other words, listen carefully. Jesus saw them, and he would have gone past them until something happened. Listen to what happened. Are you here? Are you here? It will surprise you how often times he passed you by, not because he wasn't willing to help or willing to change your situation. He wanted you to reach out. Hello, somebody. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer. He said, call and response. Call, I will answer. And then I will go on to show you great and mighty things that you don't know of. So we need to call. Hear this now. Verse 49 says, 649. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, that's why you cannot despise the potency and the power of prayer. Ask, you receive. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door shall be open. And when they saw him walking upon the sea, walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and they cried out. Hallelujah. And they cried out. The cry of mercy 
is a cry that Abba Father will not refuse. And they cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately, wow, he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer. It is I. It is I. It is I. It is the master. It is I. Be not afraid. Hear this. And he went up unto them into the ship. And the wind ceased. Hallelujah. And they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Saints, the children of Israel were in the land of bondage for several years. And the Bible says, it came upon in time that God responded to two things. To their cry and to what he saw them going through. Bible says he sent Moses to be a deliverer because he had heard their cries and seen their affliction. Ayah, ayah, ayah. What a compassionate God. He heard their cries and seen their affliction and in response to their cries, he sent a savior in the person of Moses. The question is, what if they did not cry? What if they did not reach out in their bondage, in their pain? And you see, as you go through the Old Testament, it's almost like a game of chess or you know, a game between the children of Israel and God. They will sin, face judgment, they will cry out, God will show mercy, they will sin again. You know, it was boom, 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 boom. But the point is, in the mercy of the Lord, in the grace of the Lord, each time his people cried, he responded. Saints, God is trying to get your attention to respond to him. For the unbeliever, he needs to first drop them. Nobody can come to Christ except the Father draws them. But for the believer, let's land here. For the believer who's born again, you've already been drawn. You're a child of God. Am I correct? So, just like in the communication or communion between a biological father and a child. Listen carefully. Don't miss this point now. Either one can initiate a conversation or a dialogue. Your son can knock on your door. Your daughter, hey dad, mom, I need this. Da, 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 da. And you respond. You commune. Or you can say, hey, David, Joshua, Paul, where are you? Come over. You know, so either party, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Either party can initiate intimacy. All right? Either party can initiate a dialogue or fellowship. And God is saying, hey, hey, as my child, I have already drawn you to me. But I want you to respond to that drawing. And as far as you desire in me, you can go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to end with this point. I want to end with this point. Very important. That God is not the determinant of how close any one of his children will be with him. Let's land with this point. Is that okay? No. He has given an open-ended invitation to every child of his. 
It is for you and I to press for more. David said, as the deer pans for the water brook, oh boy, so longer, so yearneth my heart for you. So the key to how far you will go, as we shared before, is the level of your hunger. Listen carefully. And I know I have prayed that way. You have prayed that way. We've prayed, Lord, make me hungry for more of you. Am I correct? Oh yeah. But you see, that prayer is not completely accurate. Because the reason is, uh, it is not for God to make you hungry. I'll tell you why. Listen carefully. Don't miss this now. We have the responsibility to create hunger for anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now listen carefully. There is a law of reciprocity. As something increases, something decreases. Am I correct? Right. You may call it displacement and replacement. Listen carefully. You are as hungry as you are emptied of things and cares of this life. You see, we lack hunger for God because the things of this world, oh boy, hear me real good, the cares of this life has crowded our heart and has succeeded in making us feel full. Are you here? That is why on a regular basis, you read some scriptures like this, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. You read Philippians 4 verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your request known unto God with thanksgiving. Always cast your care. Always. Why? Jesus said in Matthew 6, he says, how many of you can increase your stature by much thought? So don't behave like the Gentiles who think of what to eat, what to wear, what to drink, where to go to. Listen carefully. You know why? He was saying, as long as we allow these cares, ah, yeah, yeah, to clutter our heart, listen, we're already full of something else. And if you're full, you can be hungry of God. Oh, are you here? Oh, come on, help me out. Help me out, church. So the key for hunger is to push out the things that are filling your heart and then you're hungry for God. Am I correct? There is a scripture, I believe, is in Proverbs 27, 7, that speaks a paraphrase that honey is loathsome to the person who is full. Huh? You said before? Simply means when you are full and you're presented with a buffet of a thick-cost meal, when you're already full, you will despise the food. But on a good day, when you're coming out of fasting, you feel like, I can eat a horse. You're hungry. Praise God. Come on, church. praise the Lord. So if we are full of the things and the cares of this life, we will not be hungry for God. So there must be a deliberate intention to displace and then to replace with the hunger of God. Rise on your feet. Oh, can you thank the Lord for the privilege to draw near? Aya, Sekotobe. Let's thank you for the privilege of the invitation to draw near to him. Such a privilege, you. Ah, that the almighty God will invite us to draw near. Oh, will you take advantage in 30 seconds? Lord, I draw near this month. I respond to your, 
your steerings. Oh, here I give you my attention. I displace the cares that seek to crowd out desire for you in my heart this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I receive grace to pant after you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Our Father and our God will give you praise and glory for that which you are doing already in our midst today. But we'll thank you for the even more we know you're set to do in this service. Thank you for open heavens. We'll receive miracles, signs, healings, deliverance, salvation, the breaking of yokes, the lifting of burdens in this service. And we give you the praise and the glory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.